what is happening when you're going through a transformational experience. But I like to say, what did you think all this yoga was preparing you for? Yeah. <laughs> did you think it was just exercise? You know, it's actually... Sometimes. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Relove podcast. Our next guest is Amara Samada. <laughs> she is a spiritual teacher, a mother, a self-healing facilitator, and an executive level relationship and life coach. She's the founder of the Inner Guidance Institute and the creator of the Core Relational System, which is a framework for helping people with their personal, spiritual, and relational development. Get it right? <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Thank you. And hopefully you're going to hear a lot about that today. Yeah. Um, but really, I'd love to hear about where all it all began and where your journey started. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, thank you for yeah. having me. Thank uh, you for coming. It's really nice to spend this time with you. Um, so I, I grew up in uh, Arkansas, in the South, in America. Um, my family, my father was a, a preacher, Southern Baptist yeah. preacher. And uh, my mother was really quite the opposite. She was a nurse and really loved to study science. And so I had one that was very logical, um, one that was very kind of exuberant and spiritual. Mm -hmm. And I, from a really young age, I was, I was really interested in what is true, what is real, and certainly, what is this thing called God that seems to get everybody all worked up? Yeah. <laughs> so, especially since you were obviously so deep in the religious, because uh, your dad. Yeah, and you know, I, I I hung out with my dad. I hung out around the church, and I like to say that my father was a very charismatic man, and he gave me a, a really good early life lesson in um, hypocrisy. What yeah. goes on in front and what goes on in the back. And so I had like an insider's view mm. into basically a, a spiritual teacher. And this has been something that's actually really served me well in my life because I've learned that all people are human and we just have to take the best of the best from mm -hmm. them, not put them on a pedestal um, yeah. and, and really not get, you know, yeah, just caught up in the trappings that can happen in spiritual yeah. teachings. Uh, but I was a very curious person, as you know, we all are, uh, when we feel safe to be. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to know, um, yeah, what's true, what's real, what really makes this world tick, yeah. humans tick, you know. And, and so I, w I was very driven from a young age. To, Always. Yeah, to kind yeah. of figure out that puzzle. Yeah. In fact, I had a near-death experience when I was young. I fell into a swimming pool when oh, I, before wow. I could swim as a toddler. Oh, yeah. And at the bottom of that pool, something very interesting happened to me. And there were a few wow. questions that came out. And when you have those big life uh, questions, you know, mm. and you really take them seriously, they send you, I guess, on a trajectory in life. Um, can, you couldn't remember it, obviously. I you were could. Just a toddler. I, I could, but it, it was interesting. I had a, um, like, my mind became very mature, much more wow. mature than, than its age. And I thought, well, the uh, first thing I thought was, why is this happening? This isn't what we agreed to. Mm -hmm. Very interesting thought. Mm. This isn't what we agreed to. So okay. it kind of presupposes that there was some kind of agreement. Wow, and what about the that we? Happened. Yeah, I don't know where the we was, <laughs> but there was some agreement agreement that wasn't 
what apparently we agreed to. That's the thoughts that you had at the That's time. That's the thought that came in as oh. I was at the bottom of the pool. Yeah. Um, you know, what? there's something here that I'm supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get a chance to do it. And I'm going to talk to them on the other side. Mm. I was mad. <laughs> so there was this agreement. There's something we're supposed to do. And I'm going to talk to them on the other side. And at that point, I surrendered. I prepared to die. I thought, well, this is it. I'm, I'm going to die. And everything started to get very, very light. Whoa. You know? And, uh, and then because I relaxed... Instead of struggling, I rose to the top of the pool and then I floated over to the side and I felt something hard and I grabbed it and I was able to pull myself up and um, cough and a lot of water came out and I, mm. I did not drown clearly. Here She's I am. Still here. <laughs> I'm still here. Um, but that's something that really left a big impression on me. Yeah, um, that's fascinating. And I have wow. seen in my life's work since uh, that people have shown me again and again, there are agreements, we are here for a reason, for a reason and perhaps there is another side. So, wow. Yeah. That was such a young age to be able to grasp that though. That's like almost unheard of. Yeah, you know, it was like, very, I was, I think I was soon maybe five or six years old. Wow. Yeah, quite young. Yeah. So then when you were growing up, having had that experience, did mm -hmm. it stick with you and you felt a little bit different or kind of like you knew a little bit more than your peers yes. as you went through life? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, it definitely put me in the outsider's perspective or the yeah. other-sider's perspective, you know, when you have a little touch of the other side. And um, yeah, so the, the benefit of that is uh, I sort of had a very... You know, look. You know, looking at things from the outside, I, mm. I, I was very uh, interested in uh, researching and examining and studying and learning. I guess we could say the cost is that it yeah it did create sort of an, a feeling of being an outsider that was something yeah. I had to integrate over uh, my lifetime. Really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you say being an outsider, do you mean in terms of like mostly like? others and your peers or what about kind of like watching yourself well I think it was just always having a sense that there's something going on besides what people think is going on okay, like it that there's kind of an illusion yeah yeah like this is all somehow this is not really very real and so I had this little slant on life that there's something else more real than what we mm. imagine is real yeah and I always had that sense in school in shopping malls you know at friends houses wherever I was it was like yes there is this reality mm. And like, what's really going on here? <laughs> this, this, this is not just all of it. Yeah. So where yeah. is that other side, and what is, and what is that? Um, so I did become very interested in, um, well, spirituality and metaphysics and uh, personal development and psychology, and I mm. wanted to understand uh, the human experience, and I realized that. You know, these questions came out of me, so the answer should be back inside me. Mm. It's not going to be out there. Yeah. Uh, so I started to look within, and that became uh, a big passion. Yeah, yeah. Of mine. Yeah, yeah. I totally feel you. I mean, I think I've always been fascinated as well with mm. just understanding our experience. Yeah, but I think for me, it happened probably later in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So super interesting that, like, so early on, you had that feeling, you know? Like, some people go through their whole lives, and then... Maybe they have any of that death experience, or maybe they don't, and they or never. Or something wake up just or... shakes you, you know. Something, yeah. something just makes you question, or you have a transcendent moment, you know, where some yeah. somehow you touch into something that's 
in nature or something that's just bigger yeah. than you. Yeah. Yeah. So I got an early dose of that. Cool. <laughs> um, so where did it go from there? <laughs> Okay, so I know it's like a lot, but yeah. yeah. So I'm in the yeah. I, 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 so I grew up. I went. I, I went to college. Um, I was, I was actually studying the arts. Yeah. Uh, of, I, well, okay. I was accepted into different art schools in fine art and theatrical arts. I ended up going into the theatrical arts programs at NYU, oh. and I studied acting and screenwriting. Ah. And, um, I studied in Paris um, with the Théâtre du Soleil and. Uh, yeah, just a lot around theater. As uh, that was kind of my way to sort of express the human story and yeah. to understand myself more. And then I ended up merging into uh, the healing arts out of the, the I guess, the, the theater arts. Yeah, that's and interesting because I feel like, um, like you said, the arts can actually be so close to spirituality. It yeah, just, yeah, it doesn't seem like it is, but yeah, drawing, painting, dancing, yeah. Yeah. speaking, yeah. and it very naturally lended itself. Uh, I guess to what I would call the healing arts, or now that I, I work within the transformative arts, mm. and uh, yeah, so I was an actress in in that part of my yeah, life. Yeah, so different. It's yeah, cool. really different. <laughs> and you know, one day I had an epiphany. I was actually filming a, a movie, and I was um, things were not going well in in that movie. Um, some really not good things were happening around the kind of shady side of the industry, mm. you know. And I just sat myself down and I thought, what are you doing? First of all, you're making a product that you wouldn't watch yourself. Mm. Um, I wasn't even a big fan of, of, of film and television. I, you know, like, like, I can't stand by my product, you know, yeah, yeah. That, you know that, I'm, that I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing TV shows and, you know, and uh, indie movies or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't really loving the process. And I said, you know, I'm not in love with this. I don't even like the product that I'm producing. I get it's like an interesting lifestyle, mm -hmm. but it's not fulfilling. Yeah. To if me. it's so commercialized. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is, this is not what I want to do. And um, I want to do something that I love. And I'm not loving this anymore. Yeah. I, mean, I think it started as a childhood um, way actually for me to get over my shyness. Yeah. That outsider thing again, yeah, yeah. and um, and it and it helped me do that. But I thought, wow, this was my dream when I was, you know, like twelve or something. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like twenty, sorry, I'm like twenty four, and you know, what am I doing? Yeah, I'm almost close to thirty. So uh, I quit. I came home. I I fired all my agents, and my managers, and everything, and um, packed everything up. And I said, what's the one thing that I love that I really love? And it was yoga. Yeah. That was the only thing that I knew that I love. So yeah. I just was, you know, I'd always prayed to the, you know, this kind of universal energy, you know. Yeah. And so I'd said, universe, just, you know, make it happen. And um, I looked at a few yoga teachers and uh, I, I, I picked a program. I walked in the door, I, I signed up and I kind of never looked back. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Where did you go? I was in the program. That was in California. Uh -huh. So I was trained at uh, Golden Bridge in Kundalini Yoga with um, the highly controversial uh, Yogi Bhajan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, in the last four years of his life, and with Gurmukh uh, Khalsa and Gurshabad, and I studied um, prenatal uh, yoga as well. Uh, I ended up studying with Rod Stryker in his first level of Hatha Yoga. Mm. And I learned adaptive yoga for other abled people. And I took, uh, I did a lot of children's yoga. 
and I brought children's yoga into uh, one of the California school districts. Yeah. And then later I met my husband and we moved to Hawaii and I brought yoga into some of the school districts in Mm. Hawaii. Beautiful. And started up those programs. Awesome. So you were big in yoga, huh? Yeah, it was for about, I don't know, 10, 12 years. Wow. Yeah. Well, do you think that was a big part of your um, development? Yes, I would you know? say that, you know, yoga prepares you to embody greater consciousness. Yeah. And, you know, here in Bali, yoga is a really big deal. And I have clients that are and students that have come to me through the the world of yoga and they've had very profound experiences and they don't understand what's happening to them so that's one of the things I love to work with is what is happening when you're going through a transformational experience but I like to say what did you think all this yoga was preparing you for yeah (laughs) did you think it was just exercise you know it's actually sometimes (laughs) (laughs) it can be but it can also be a lot 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 more right that's it's yeah, there's well, a lot more to it. I, I'm sure. I mean, I'm into yoga a little bit, but um, like it's all about embodiments, right? And that's such a huge part of feeling safe in our bodies and yeah. and bringing that into relationships. Then, yeah, so, you start to get an alignment in your body, and you start yeah. to you know you start to and once you line yourself up, yeah, then you then you start to look for others. Who else can I align with? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I was also working. Um, I had a. A spiritual teacher at the time when I was doing yoga and um, that I was that I was following. So yeah, I was learning a lot with meditation and and, and different things. And I and I wanted a life partner. I really wanted to be a mother mm-hmm. in in this life. And um, so I said, okay, universe, I'm I'm mad. I'm going to give you thirty days. And I want you know I want a life partner. I want I want to. I, I actually made a funny. My son teases me. I made a funny wish. I said, um, please give me the person that I can start my family with. Yeah. Uh, so I found the person I could start wow. my, my How family with. How long did it take to happen? Uh, it, it was When you what said 30 I days, for, I did said, it happen in 30 days? <laughs> yeah, so 10 days later, I met my husband. Wow. 10 days later, he asked me to marry him. And 10 days later, I was pregnant. No way. That's the power of the universe. <laughs> When you like yeah. ask for something to say it's always yeah, it was given a, if you don't have the resistance, right? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't fooling around. So it was like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do this now, or or I'll accept that we're we're not doing this. Yeah, now, but it, it seemed to be in the cards. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, um, do you feel you? So you it was this is after the yoga journey and everything, right? Yeah, or, I was I was still in yoga in yeah. the yoga world, but now I was becoming a mother. Okay. Yeah. So and, do you feel that uh, when you entered this relationship, you had kind of done enough work on yourself and inner work that it was like um, that you were able to navigate the relationship well? Um, and since it happened so fast as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes and no. Um, definitely no. <laughs> There was, there were things um, that I had achieved and that I felt really strong about in relationship. And then sure enough, here came, here came somebody, mm-hmm. you know, that, that kind of found and tapped into my not yet explored subconscious insecurities. And, and you know, when I, and it was a, it was a rough relationship at times. Yeah. And there were times where it was, um, 
I could even say what would normally maybe be called emotionally or verbally manipulative or abusive. And now I say that my partner was the uh, perfect reflection of mm. my insecurity at the time. That's always how it is, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't use the, the terms of that abuse story. Mm. Um, he just reflected my own insecurities and, mm. I, and I allowed him to do that without boundaries. Yeah. And... And you probably were mirroring back to him whatever was most challenging for him as well. Yeah, so or... we, you, you know, we had a, we had a lot of shadow mirroring mm -hmm. happening, and uh, and then after ten years, it got to the point where it was like, you know, it was around seven years as our son started to grow older, and I realized it, it's time to make a change that I can't mm -hmm. let this impact and affect my son and then why did it, I let it affect me mm -hmm. and I certainly am not going to let it affect my son and and we need to straighten some things up here mm -hmm. and um yeah there was a lot of things that we tried to do together and then it it, it came down to um he needed somebody who was more uh, aligned with um his choices let's just say and that wasn't me yeah <laughs> yeah so, so it comes came down to alignment, I guess. Yeah, I mean, end. you know, there's certain you know issues around how he, he expresses his emotions and and anger and things that were not something that I wanted in my daily framework. Mm -hmm. um, but we were both very devoted to our son, and so we we um, decided to co-parent our son together and to always live in the same town together with him until he was 18 years old mm -hmm. uh, which he he just turned 18 mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so his new chapter is opening mm -hmm. and um yeah and that that our focus was was really around um child and you know yeah. being parents yeah yeah more than being uh together yeah that's beautiful that you could still were able yeah to do that and, and then we co-parented for 10 more years yeah wow yeah yeah that's amazing yeah um so, like, with all the work that you've done now mm -hmm. around relationships, do you think that you could have changed anything back then? Or do you think it's really a matter of just being aligned or not? Like that? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, certainly I would have changed. I would have definitely changed things back then. And if I knew what I knew now, yeah, um, I, I don't think we would have actually gotten together. I don't, I think even in the very first, you know, that very intense, it's very karmic when you have that. I like in oh, spirituality, yeah. so they call it the karmic winds, you yeah. know. And with, like, one teacher of mine says, when the karmic winds blow, there's nothing you can do about it. Like it's, it's out of karmic your power. Karmic winds. Like there's a one. kind of an attraction that, yeah. that draws you yeah. together. Yeah. Um, but that breakdown of the marriage was the catalyst for my massive change. That was really the wake wow. up call. Yeah, yeah. Because for me, you know, the one thing I wasn't going to do was get divorced. Mm. Like that was my one egoic kind of goal, you know. It's like mm -hmm. no matter what, I won't get divorced. And then I was in a position where, where I I can't continue with this. So so my, the one thing I'd wanted, I'd failed at. So in my eyes, you know, I was, I was this complete total failure. So you know, well, I've got nothing left. Then to you have to surrender now. to that, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. I had to surrender. <laughs> and he, my husband did say something, you know, really great at that time. We were in Singapore. I was having this huge breakdown. Um, 
I'm in a foreign country. I just moved there from the U.S. and I'd, I'd lost touch with my, you know, I wasn't close to my family. I wasn't mm-hmm. close to my friends. We were breaking up. My whole support structure yeah. was just kind of gone. And I, and I had a I had a meltdown on the floor. You know, those those cl- crying on the bathroom Crying on the bathroom floor. Yeah. Moments, right? <laughs> we all know them. <laughs> we all know those. And what happened in that moment was I had an out-of-body experience wow. where I was in so much pain, I guess that I kind of disassociated mm. slash took a good look at myself and I and I turned around and I looked at myself lying on the floor crying and I thought wow she's really going for it <laughs> she's really in deep wow and I realized in that moment by getting that that gap and that separation um, being able to witness myself my my sense was that if I don't change things I'm gonna end up a very lonely bitter mm-hmm. woman and I, and I need to turn this around right away. So again, I said, okay, universe, just give me the right teachers for my, uh, my, for my growth, whatever that is, and just take me all the way. Yeah. I don't care what that means. I don't care what it does to me. Just take me all the like way. Like I'm ready. Like I am fully, no matter what moment. And this is so important. Wow. When you get to the no matter what conviction mm-hmm. of your decision making, like that's things are gonna change, right? So it was just a snowball effect. After that, I met a succession of teachers mm-hmm. who all did something very, were, were very intricate in the unlocking of my perception. Yeah. And so yeah. were you seeking these teachers at this time for your own development, basically, or do, were you interested in helping others with? Just with for others? my own. Okay. Just just for my own. Okay. I just wanted to. Like, how do you yeah. transcend suffering? That's yeah. all I need to know, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I had, yeah, I had a series of, of teachers. And then I had a very, very profound experience in 2011. I was working with this Filipino mystic who I was uh, mentoring with. And I had this, um, yeah, just we could say, now, now it's qualified as kind of a, it's called a taste of emptiness. Okay. And in this... Um, where, where you lose the um, overlay of your identi- identified structure falls away, mm-hmm. and what's left is what is typically called your true new, true you or your sorry your true nature. So a loss of ego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like a loss of of ego mm-hmm. or right. certainly false an unhealthy identity, yeah your, the, or the unhealthy aspect of ego mm-hmm. identified unhealthy aspects of self fell away, and for seven days it was just pure synchronistic magic wow and then like you were just really purely present super present no sense of self time time everything was very just floating and you know in that kind of flow there was everything was united and Mm. connected and if there was a single thought that didn't even seem to stem from a from any particular place so they're like it just had very simple thoughts i'd i'd like some a certain kind of food like i'd Mm -hmm. like or like food like i don't even think i thought i just you know yeah this food and then somebody would come and bring that food to me or i was walking (laughs) sounds like a dream (laughs) it was amazing dream and i was walking in, in singapore and simple pure thoughts i still had self in it but it was like 
I'd like a ride to the store. Singapore is really hot walking, but nobody gets a ride from anyone in Singapore. Like that doesn't happen, right? And I thought I'd like a ride to the market. And a guy pulls up in his car and says, would you like a ride to the market? Yeah, yeah. And I said, yes, please. And I went in the car. He drove me up to the market and I stepped out. Thank you. And I went in the, you know, like everything was just... I love synchronicities. That's when you There's, know something's going right. Yeah, right, there yeah. was no sense of self getting in the way, right? Mm. So what happens seven days later, uh, it all comes, you know, back sort yeah. of with, with a vengeance. And th <laughs> there I am again, <laughs> getting in the way of everything. And I just said, oh, my goodness, what was that? Yeah. Like, why are we not living like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Like, how does that happen all the time? Yeah. And so I start to talk to one of my friends. And she says to me, you're speaking Tibetan Buddhism. And I said, great, where do you get this Tibetan Buddhism? <laughs> okay. Right? And she says, oh, no, no, it's very secretive. And, you know, like, there's a whole system to it. You have to study for, you know, many, many years before you can get there. I said, no, I need this wisdom now. I need it right now. And she said, well, there's one lineage that will teach you according to your experience rather mm -hmm. than, you know, the stages or whatever you can talk to the teacher. It's called Dzogchen. So I was like, okay, universe. Dzogchen. Give me this Dzogchen. Okay, cool. It's a Buddhist... Uh, mm -hmm. Buddhist lineage, okay. Mahayana, Dzogchen. Um, so I asked for a teacher to come into my life, and I said I want a, a Dzogchen Jin teacher. I can barely say it. Uh, Dzogchen. It's a and mouthful. I, <laughs> yeah. And I, I want them to live in my house, teach me every day. Oh, cool. And all I need is them for to, to speak really good English. Wow. You know, go. <laughs> Two weeks later, I had a Dzogchen teacher. Where did you find them? Living in my house. <laughs> so I went to a meditation group, and there was a new female lama. And she had recently been deemed a lama. What is a lama? So a, a lama in the Buddhist tradition, she had said she was Western, and she had studied um, in India in an ashram. Okay. Uh, for many, I mean, the Dalai years. Lama comes to mind. So yeah, so Dalai is a, hmm. is a, like a higher or a name title of Lama. She was a, another kind of Lama. Basically, as okay. a teacher. Okay. Yeah, a, okay. a Lama. Um, so, yeah, she was a Lama Doma. And I told her my meditation group, I was invited, and these amazing things started happening. I was having all these huge experiences inside my own mind, or what I thought was huge at the time. Right? Yeah. I mean, they were big to me. Yeah. And I told her what they were, and, and she said, oh, well, goodness, you, sh <laughs> you should study with me. And so I took her in, and I became her assistant for two years. Oh, wow. And she, this is still... Um, Singapore. Singapore, okay. Yeah, with husband after breakup. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So, yeah. So she began to teach me. That's wow. when, uh, right after I'd had this kind of big seven day experience of, of divine flow or effortless yeah. flow. Yeah. I'm kind of doing of non doing, paradoxical sort of experiences. Um, and, a, and a year later, after studying with her, I was mixing. So she was giving me a lot of theory. Yeah. And I would, and then I was having this experiential teacher that had no framework and very no theory. And then she was very heavy on the on theories and frameworks. And I brought the two together. Mm. And, um, well, what's kind of classically called a spiritual awakening, we could say happened. Okay. Yeah. Even after you kind of already had a spiritual awakening in terms of... Yeah, that wasn't... That was just a... You a, didn't feel like it was like that a was glimpse? That was a taste. Okay. Yeah, that was okay. a glimpse, yeah. Yes. Cool. Okay. So that was a game changer. <laughs> yeah. 
it seems like you you've uh, had so much um, learnings and taking in of knowledge all the, the spiritual practices like and theory like you said yeah yes wow um, so <laughs> what do you want to know what yeah what, <laughs> what happened from there happened yeah from well Okay, so for well, for those that are wondering, you know, a lot of people ask, what what was it like? So I can yeah. I can give some highlights yeah. about it. Um, so it's not that I had an awakening. I want to make this really clear mm-hmm. because the sense of self that sees itself separate from the rest of the world that calls itself an I doesn't wake up. There's no I had an awakening. That's mm-hmm. not true. The sense of I falls away, and awakeness is there. Like pure consciousness yes it's it's very much like very pure untainted consciousness uh so it's just the beginning awakening is just the beginning of seeing beyond um that framework of self now mm-hmm. you can still see self as self but not never in the same way again there's a you're not as identified with it yeah. no it's again it's a little bit like you know in the world but not of it there's something else going on there's there's a self but not really okay <laughs> and um yeah there's a what's called a triune perspective so there's the uh the everything those moments or maybe you've had an experience of feeling all connected or all mm. one or like you know the body you know finger is part of the body so i am part of the whole system the whole Mm -hmm. thing that's kind of a a taste of divinity you have that framework to know that you are you know universe or whatever Mm -hmm. all all at once you can't really put it into words but it's a knowing we could say or a being yeah and then there's the perspective of the emptiness that says you know there's there's actually nothing if you get down into the scientist and you look deep into, you know, you'll actually won't find much of anything mm. there, right? I say like when you look at the table, there's like nothing much there. So that's that emptiness. That's also paradoxically true. And then and then there's a something. So the everything, the nothing, and the something. And okay. Something I'm trying to get my head around all of this. I don't know. <laughs> right. Nothing and a something and an everything. Yeah, and they're all true at the same time. So that takes some time to integrate yeah well like you mentioned the word paradox it is a paradox and everything is a paradox i think that's why it's so hard for the human mind to grasp some of it yeah Yeah. it well it's not really from from mind's point of view it's paradox Mm. right um so that but that let's just say that that realization unlocks so much potential inside of you you get your innocence back you get your energy back you get your whatever you were it that got in the way of of yeah. that ironically you yeah know, yeah it unlocks itself and so for seven months um 24 hours a day it was just it was like um something opened in the crown of my head and for many days after and weeks after it was just just information was like uploading inside my system and i couldn't talk i couldn't Whoa, really? Wow. It was just pure, um, you know, there's different names for it. Yeah. Samadhi or something. When you said information was Mm -hmm. coming in, what kind of information? Uh, I would call it um, the the quantum field. So it was like the only thing I can qualify is here would be sort of, um, um, yeah, kind of quantum reality. 
Hmm. So that's a big day. (laughs) (laughs) And um, lots of bliss. The bliss was nearly unbearable. So when we when we awaken in uh, the heart, when we touch upon true awakeness, purity of self and heart, we call it joy. Mm -hmm. When we awaken in mind, we call it peace. And in the body, we call it bliss. So I had, of course, all three, but I had a lot of bliss. Um, And then my relationship to everything, you know, kind of deconstructed Mm -hmm. and then reconstructed itself out of that from a different framework. And what happened then was people started to come to see me. And they just said, you have to go see Amara. I had just started working with people, um, you know, doing some energy work. Yeah. uh, Maybe six months prior. Okay. And in Singapore, and again, I was studying with teachers, and I was doing for myself energy work, and I was hosting my teacher. So it's like a hands-on energy yeah, work? Like- yeah, there's a hands-on energy work. Again, this is a system that had no system mm. to it. And then I had the Lama teaching about yeah. systems. And so I had this experience going, but people started to come and see me, and it, and for three years it never stopped. We moved to Bali mm-hmm. in, in that phase because I, ca- I came home from this experience. There was a lot of things that happened. Um, coming home to S- Singapore and I didn't recognize the world that I was in. It was such a big change. Yeah. And, and so I just sort of, sort of put a little request to the universe to make the inside and the outside match. And then, so you felt an alignment. With yeah, your and then my husband the next day said, "Oh, we're moving to Bali." Mm. <laughs> said, okay, and it was just this, again, just effortless experience. Came to Bali, and people started to see me, and and just naturally, just naturally, yeah. like you have to see Amara. What does she do? I can't really explain it. You should just go see her. You lay on a mat, and I started to guide people. That's cool. Out of their, I guess, illusions or yeah. into their truth. Yeah. And, um, I saw, I ended up, yeah, for, for many years doing this, three years, I didn't, I had a very different sense of reality, but I was helping people, over 2,000 private clients wow. over this, a seven-year period. Damn. And then people started to ask me, can you please teach me what you're doing? Um, uh, some very... Some people who knew some people said, you have to see this person, and I was brought in to see some really big teams on the planet and like okay you're working with this person now and this and then couples started to come to me and said can you help us can you Mm. help us and I got very fascinated after seven years of working with individuals then I started working with couples wow um business partners families and and I'm starting to move more into now community and and corporate is next to come but I love working with um, partners or couples, you know, business partners, romantic yeah. couples, yeah, and untangling um, all that I see now, which mm. is what I'm writing a book about, and and how they uh, just people mirror each other in positive and negative ways, uh, you know, ways that are of benefit and ways that have quite a cost, and what that all means and where we're all going. Yeah, it's so fascinating, and like all, all the spiritual stuff is basically so strongly um uh 
how do I say, shows up so strongly in our relationships. Yes, I mean, that's it. You you know, this awakeness is, I, I think we've already done the awakeness in the cave thing. You yeah, know, I think yeah. that's done. I think we need to be the awakeness in real life now, mm-hmm. you know, in, in active life and yeah. family life and yeah. business life. That's where we really need it. Like, yeah. if it can't, make you a better person then what what is it for you know if it it can't bring out your greatest truest loving wisest potential then you know what what would it even be for yeah it's like the source of like our greatest joy a lot of the time our relationships or (laughs) or the opposite right source of a lot of pain or a source of a lot of pain in relationships but that brings us growth yes the pain brings us growth right so yeah still all like yeah so based on other people yeah yeah so yeah so now knowing what i know about relationships i have a very different take on relationships yeah and it it, for you as well it seems it went naturally from like all the spiritual work you did Mm -hmm. naturally went into relationships Mm -hmm. when couples started to see you and stuff and you realized that like that's where a lot of the power was in, in in helping people yeah i think yeah i mean being in a relationship to yourself so i work with people on that their relationship to self their rela- relationship to source or mm. something that's bigger than you it can be your mission it can be your contribution it can be nature for some people it's god or spirit it and then your relationship to others mm-hmm. um, i'm mostly focused well actually on all three so yeah. personal development, spiritual, and relational development. And they're all tied in. You can't compartmentalize these things. Yeah, that's true. People want to, (laughs) but eventually they see, oh, okay, well, I have to address this as well. And they they all tie into each other. So that's how I ended up working in holistic relational intelligence, which is really looking at these three aspects. You with you, you with, we'll call it life, and Mm -hmm. you with others. And how they're intertwining and yeah yeah so how does your system work the core relational core core relationship system yeah crs yeah yeah so it works in a way of it's very much based on ways that bring out hyper clarity for the person so they can Mm -hmm. really really see what's going on okay um there are frameworks that i you know that we guide people through to build motivation to build clarity and to and to teach people how to dialogue with themselves Mm. in a way that brings really breakthrough results because we're all talking to ourselves anyway yeah all the time yeah (laughs) driving the car washing the dishes and and we're torn as individuals you know we say part of me wants to go to the party and part of me wants to stay home yeah it's always Um, two voices it's like uh our Okay, so our visual just went out, but we're going to jump back in. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about the CRS system, which mm-hmm. you developed. I'm not sure where we were. Yeah, we, but... we were talking about um, being, being torn and how we talk to ourselves and really being able to yes. negotiate with ourselves in a healthy way that allows us and, and being able to see what parts are, of ourselves are at play when mm. we're making decisions in life and really being able to strip away those blind spots 
You yeah, know? it's so hard to see sometimes blind spots yourself that others might. Yes. So I really identify. dialed into like, okay, you know, mm. how do we help ourselves when we aren't seeing what we need to see? Mm. Um, how do we sort of undefend ourselves when we are pain avoidant creatures? Mm-hmm. And it's painful to change, but it's more painful not to change. Yeah. You know, that's the part when, when we really start to make changes. Uh, but even knowing that, you know, it's sort of like, how do I convince myself to, to feel... To go and, through that pain? Yeah, yes, to, of, of yeah. change. And, yeah. it, and it is. And in that shift in the awakening, it feels, make no mistake, it feels like a death. Yeah. You, 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 to, you know, I say for t- just Tibetan Buddhism, uh, Tibetan Tantra, the whole big thing is just don't flinch. You're going to feel like you're going to yeah. die. Don't flinch. That's, I like that, actually. That's the whole thing. You can, you can just <laughs> like a goddess, just don't flinch. <laughs> yeah, just like, you know, don't, don't suppress it. Don't flinch. Just like, you know, stay in that open, growth-minded space. And just keep doing that as far as yeah. you can. As far as you can. That's cool. It kind of says that <laughs> like, kind of I can take this. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. So you learn to dialogue with yourself, talk to yourself, talk to the parts of yourself, your your supporter, your sabotage part of you, you know, and, and really learn the difference between, oh, this is supporting me and this is sabotaging me. Mm. I used to think this was true. Actually, it's more like this now. Yeah. And you start to pull off those layers, right? Um. And then how do you leverage that in your relationships? Mm-hmm. How can you do that with, with others? And how can you support each other in, in doing that? Yeah. Right? How can you be on the same team? Because you have to have someone that's willing to do it with you then. Like, right? I mean, it's best you can work from one side and a lot of changes will happen. And Even if the other person is not so yes. open to it? Yeah, yeah because they're, they're actually... a. a as we say, a reflection mm. of, of you, you of them. It makes and sense. So the clearer you get, they will either um, be really thankful that you got clear and they'll start to grow and change or they will say, I'm not interested in clarity and they'll fall away. Mm. They'll, they'll choose otherwise. Um, so it's, you know, there's a clearing of house that happens when you just work on yourself and there's a new alignment that comes in. Yeah. If you get somebody who's also willing to do the work, I mean, yes, this is this is what I call That's mountaintop relationships. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. it doesn't always happen, so you have to be willing to do it yourself. Yeah, but even with yourself, it's it's. Um, there's nothing that's not you. It's more than enough. Yeah, you, know, you can work with that. Yeah, um, yeah. So, a lot of focus now on relationships and uh, my kind of view of. My, my take on so-called codependency and um, narcissistic relating and yeah yeah so I can talk about that if you want. yeah well what is the difference and how do you know the difference between a healthy uh, I guess dependent relationship where you're you know you're giving each other security and safety sense mm-hmm. of comfort and then a relationship which is just overly dependent. And, you know, you're basically becoming codependent. Yeah. It's hard to find a balance. Yeah. So we, so when I work with clients and when I'm teaching my coaches, we do a lot on defining healthy. Mm, That's useful. Yeah. First start with the definition. Like what is healthy? What's not healthy? It's hard to know, especially when like I'm, I'm very believing, I believe in practicing non-attachment. Okay. So, and I think that's just an important like spiritual principle that runs into relationships. Uh But then... When you're building a healthy relationship, you have to become attached in some way, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's never one or the other. It's yeah. always, 
you know, there's always two sides to attachment, a healthy and an unhealthy. There's yeah. always the healthy and unhealthy version of everything. Just, you yeah. know, my answer, I say, if you want to know the spiritual truth answer to everything, it's both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you say this or that. Well, it's a little bit of both. Yeah, duality and paradox. Yeah, so I, would, <laughs> I would say more the attachment is maybe the commitment. You know, what, mm. what are you committed to? What are you willing to show up for? You know, are you are you committed to your child or your partner or are you attached to them? So mm -hmm. attached might be kind of more on that unhealthy languaging that mm. we use and consciously committed um, might be on the healthy. Yeah. So a side. secure attachment basically. Yeah. It's and, and I would say it's mutual. It's understood. It's secure. It's 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 consciously mutually beneficial yeah, to yeah. both parties. Yeah. And they're they're on the same team. They're not taking advantage of each other in ways that are not consensual or even in hidden non-consensual ways. Mm, subconscious know. ways yeah. maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's so much about about balance, you know, yeah. because there's in so-called codependent relationships, there's how I see it there when there are caretakers and caregivers. Mm. And when caretakers are out of balance, um, you know, they overgive. Or sorry, the caretakers, they, they overtake the situation. Uh, they, re they really take over. And, mm. and they start to manipulate and do everything that's... Well, we can talk about why they do, why we yeah. all do that. Um, so uh, we don't even have time to do it today, but I was wondering, like, do you go into attachment styles much in your work? Or uh, that's a whole topic, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't do that per yeah. se, but a yeah. lot of my work I do, people tell me, oh, you're talking this and you're talking yeah, this Yeah, because it's that. so, um, common nowadays. We just hear about it all the time. Okay. Yeah. I'm just focused around healthy yeah. and how to communicate that. Okay. And, uh, and what are the signs that, um, you know, what are the steps to communicating in a way that best facilitates natural healthy relating okay that's what i'm interested yeah. in getting so keep through. looking at is it healthy or not i guess yeah and really looking you know you people fight to be right but then are you free mm. so often it's do you want to be right or do you want to be mm. free yeah yeah and not over giving and not overtaking yeah in the relationship but but finding that balance and that's a real there's a real art yeah it is that. it's like a dance but do you think there's always someone that's the caretaker and always a caregiver, or can it be even? And can oh, it can be even. one person be both? Sometimes they're yeah. a caretaker, sometimes they're a caregiver. Yep, yeah, it can be yeah. both, and you can trade roles, and anything's yeah. possible in an interdependent relationship where yeah. people really are working to, um, you know, it goes in four directions. So I'm taking care of me, I'm taking care of you, you're taking care of you, and you're taking care of me, and that's an ongoing dis discussion about how am, are, what are the needs I meet with me, mm -hmm. what are the, the needs that can be met with you, and vice versa. Yeah. And as long as we're both playing fair, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's going to be a really beautiful yeah. experience. Yeah. yeah. So you can be meeting each other's needs at the same time looking after your own. Yeah, and you shouldn't have Which to, is. unless in, you know, short term, there are short term moments where you need to sacrifice your needs in in order to help someone else. But those are short time, you know, so your mm -hmm. partner breaks their leg or something. Yeah, and, yeah. And you have to help them out somewhere and, and, and you have to give up things of your own needs in order to help them. Those are short-term solutions, you know, but long-term they wear us down and it needs to be balanced. 
And it's never just one side, you know. You can't just say, okay, I'm just all about self-love and you do your own thing. Yeah, because then it's not a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you can kind of think of it like climbing a mountain together. Yeah. You know, if we've got a rope and we're climbing a mountain. Yeah. You know, if I'm always pulling you, if I'm always falling down and you can't get up the mountain because of me. Yeah. That's a problem. It's going to take its toll. If I'm always dragging you up. Yeah. Um. If you come in and out and you only show up for the highlights and you don't, you know, we don't go through it together during the ups and downs, then we didn't really climb that mountain. Yeah. Right? That's a good um, metaphor or analogy to look at it. So if we've got that rope and we're climbing that mountain together, there's times we're going to leverage off of each other. We're going to help each other. And as long as that's above the table, it's not manipulative. It's understood. Yeah, yeah. So we really have to move from... uh, manipulation to negotiation healthy mm-hmm. negotiation and learn the the rules of that and it's actually very natural it's unnatural mm-hmm. to uh, manipulate to come from fear mm-hmm. you know to to be be doing all these things that we do to avoid the truth it's very unnatural but we've learned to fear the truth yeah and the truth sets us free so it's very ironic i know <laughs> that's like the norm with a lot of relationships to be built on fear and stuff it's kind of yeah, it's sad, it's yeah. sad, but is that please love me, you know, or or please yeah. help me up the mountain? I can't. Yeah, or do transactional, it like yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So we have so much to learn in. There's so much to learn. Yeah. 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 So much. I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book right now called yeah. uh, "The Art of Misunderstanding," and this is all about. Uh, my shift in relationship to everything and and how I've seen people in their relationships um, yeah just really break down because of misunderstanding yeah it's really what's probably what it is like most of the time yeah yeah or a half understanding or partial an understanding that's not fully realized yeah 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 like we usually assume things Yes. That aren't maybe true at all. So yeah. many things. So many things with, yeah, the, with those probably assumptions. probably what so many arguments are based on, yeah. 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 Um, a one important question, because I've been talking about it a bit in the last podcast, and I'm wondering what your view is mm-hmm. on commitment uh, and commitment to one person. And do you believe that we just have one person um, that we can make a union with for the rest of our lives? Or do you think that we are supposed to love more than one? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, these either or kind of, you know, black and white things. I mean, it, there's there's many shades of gray. Yeah. I mean, it depends on so many factors. Yeah. Certainly there are people um, who can commit to one person for life. Yeah. And certainly there are people who can commit to many. I, I know almost, and I don't know him that well, but I, I know one, one threesome that I think actually is highly functional. I know there's others probably out there in the world. Of course, I haven't met you. Um, but for the most part, I have to say it's pretty heavy-handed on the bypassing that's going on. Again, it's kind of like climbing the mountain together. You know, it's like, I want to climb the mountain with you until things get rough. Then I'm going to pop over here. Yeah. I'm going to climb with them. I'm going to climb with them. And then I'll come and check on you. And like, when you've got your act, I'm going to come back in again. And were you, is that what you really wanted? You know, did I abandon you? There's so much to talk about. Yeah, know? yeah. And, and most people are just, we need to get that sorted out within ourselves, let alone trying to add three or four other people yeah. to do that with. Um, but what if things change and stuff? Like, do you believe in, like, knowing that, like, when you meet someone that you want to spend the rest of your life with them? What if things change? 
Yeah, things you can grow together, you can grow separately. So when I work with couples, I have what's called the, um, I work with the above the line system. This mm-hmm. is my system. It's, uh, it basically says, we're, I'm going to help you learn, you know, the formula for being happy together or apart mm-hmm. or in whatever configuration you want. But below the line is unhappy. And if we drew a circle and we said, okay, in the middle, you know, we draw a line and below is unhappy mm-hmm. and above is, we'll call it happy. Or we could call it at peace. Okay. Right? Yeah. Flourishing, one, thriving, yeah. whatever you want to call it. This is that thriving, peaceful, uh, good, great, wonderful relationships together or apart. Mm-hmm. And this is the unhappy together apart. Now, when most people come to me, they're unhappy together. And they're about to become unhappy apart. Okay. <laughs> so we want to get above that line. Yeah. And then I don't know where it's going to take them. Yeah. Um, I've worked with all kinds of couples. I've worked with open couples. I've worked with monogamous couples, of yeah. course. i work with married couples. Um, all kinds of couples. And each couple has a formula for yeah. a thriving relationship. Yeah, because I'm, there's challenges that come with both. You yes. know, so do you think that it's just dependent on the person, what works for them? For, well, there's what works for them to keep their insecurities locked in and hidden. Okay, so you do you believe that it, it's basically kind of bypassing if uh, people that don't want to commit are kind of bypassing. Not always. I mean, it depends what they're committed to. Okay. I know people that if you're that are committed to truth. Yeah. Above the person mm-hmm. if the person deviates from truth if, if something deviates from truth they got to go with with the truth mm-hmm. you know if the relationship is taking you away from truth yeah and you're committed to truth you're gonna have to come out of that relationship in that way yeah um if you're committed to a person yeah that's a different kind of commitment and why why is that and what that's about yeah Relation- some people can be committed to say truth or growth or something and then other people can feel like it's more in their heart to be committed to a person yeah like in the past relationships were obligational they were mm. societal mm. yeah you, you had a you know it in tribal societal you had a relationship so that you could fit in and you knew what your place was and and you didn't deviate and that's it, it didn't feel free maybe it felt safe maybe it didn't but it was an obligation to do so and that was yeah. the structure yeah and in order to maintain that obligation you needed manipulation <laughs> and now we want much more freedom in our Gosh, relationships yeah. we don't want to be out of obligation or yeah. societal structure some people i work with very traditional people too yeah. who do want a societal structure uh, to be secure and in place and that's something very important to them yeah other people it's not so important they feel in- independent and they don't need that societal structure yeah. um but to get free to choose whatever you want you must move from manipulative language to negotiative healthy negotiative language and we're not doing it we haven't learned it yet we're still using old world talk yeah to try and get new world results that's the thing like like you mentioned negotiating language Mm -hmm. most people just wouldn't even think of that or you know think to learn that in ways that they can properly communicate things because it is a negotiation Everything's yeah, a negotiation. Yeah. Even raising your eyebrows, yeah. making sa- it sounds like even kind of a, a bad word in relationships of like this is not a negotiation, but like it is. There's not really any other word for it, is yeah, there? <laughs> if, if you're asking for anything, yeah, yeah, implied or or direct, yeah, you're negotiating. Yeah, yeah. 
And we have a very hard time asking, so that's why I really focus on the art of the ask. Yeah. Yeah, because if something is implied, it might not always be clear. Oh, <laughs> it's definitely not clear. Yeah. And there's so much implications yeah. going, and, and we really are stepping around the truth. So, you know, yeah. I, I really get people safe to put the truth on the table. And then from there, we can look at, yeah, are we, is this monogamous? Yeah, yeah. Is it committed? Is it open? Um, yeah, it's so important because people might not be brave enough to say what they actually because yeah, com- truth want. comes with consequences. Yeah, and it can be scary. Yeah, and there's bypassing on both sides. You can be bypassing and on a, on a committed side and, mm-hmm. and kind of bypassing deeper things that need to be looked at as far as your potential. And you can be bypassing on the open side. Yeah. And there's deeper things that you, that you could only see if you were looking at in a different structure. So both sides are open. You know, possible, both sides are guilty, both, yeah. both sides could work or not. It, yeah. it really depends on the value of the, of the people yeah. involved. Yeah. And they really need to know how to sit down and have that conversation. Yeah. People aren't having that conversation. Yeah, totally. I found it really interesting what you said that people value different things. Well, I know this, but just looking at it like that, like even mm-hmm. in relationships, people va- just people's values are just so different. Yeah. Well, they have yeah different ways of yeah kind of unpacking those yeah those values with each other. Yeah. So it's very important to be honest about what you want, what you think you want, mm-hmm. and we'll then test it, know. and then find out if it's right. Because yeah. half the time it's not even <laughs> when yeah. you start to explore, it's like oh, I actually don't want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, it's happened to me before. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, oh, I thought I wanted that. No, actually, because we have different meaning associated with everything. Yeah. And a lot of things just came from like conditioning from like society growing up. So we don't actually know what's true for us until we test it out. Yes. And so that's why before I work with people in relationships or while they're in them, we're doing a lot of work on your old conditioning, Mm. looking at those aspects of yourself that have been developed as basically protection patterns. Yeah. And uh, yeah, re, well, it's rehabilitation. Yeah. Relearning and yeah, you're rehabilitating your own, rehabilitating your own inner structure, and then rehabilitating your relationships. Yeah, that were that were built with that deficit driving kind of or lack driven structure. Yeah, was actually what pulled you together. So what happens yeah. when you change that and you yeah. get healthy? Yeah, is a game changer. You might go opposite ways, or you might grow deeper. It's true. Together. Yes, yes. Gosh, there's so much to learn and to put into practice. And yeah. <laughs> but um, thank you for sharing everything. It's, oh, yeah, so, so much so knowledge and, and um, really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, if there's, um, let me think, anything that we can just sort of leave, the, leave, leave you guys with. Yeah. Um, how much time do we have? Oh, should we stop? Not much, yeah. But I thought of, was there any, like, I don't know, books or like something you've come across to be, I don't know, another really great podcast or something that really um, was eye-opening to you in terms of building relationships. Um, really, everything I learned came from looking inside myself yeah. with a few guidelines from my teachers. I mean, I, you know, there's those teachings are sort of in, in books, but... 
I, I really wish I could say, yes, this yeah. is, a, is a great book, but I mean, anything Esther Perel. Well, you're writing a book, right? right? Oh, Esther Perel. I love Esther Perel. Yeah, yeah I, like, I love her books. Um, there's a lot of stuff coming out yeah. right now. Yeah. And there's also a lot of confusion right now because people tend to get really excited about one side of the equation. Yeah. You know, how to deal with other people, how to deal with yourself, how, you know. There's there's just so many sides to to it, and so it can tend to get a lot of finger pointing when yeah. when actually we need to look at all the sides. So, yeah. Um, yeah, look into yourself, and if you want to go to my website, of course, yes, um, let them know Amara Samata, right? Yeah, amarasamata.com. I have the eight core confessions also at innerguidanceinstitute.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's at Amara Samata, and the eight core confessions are a way for you to begin to start to get honest with yourself. Very simple, eight prompts that you can just fill in the blank with what's true for you. Cool. And you can do that as a daily practice and start your day. That's awesome. You know, and it's with, a free download yeah, on your a, website. It's a free download. You get the little ebook and it it teaches you how to just listen to yourself and be honest with yourself about what you really want, what you need, what's getting in the way. That's cool. I'm gonna get it. What, what supports you, <laughs> uh, what you're choosing. Yeah, what you're asking for in life. Yeah. And really living from that intentional space. And then you go out in your day and you say, is this is this action, thought, feeling, bringing me closer towards that truth or further away from it? And just look at it and get stay curious. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. Stay curious. Like, wow, look at me. I'm sabotaging myself. That's yeah. fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, or I'm doing amazing. What else can I do? So yeah. keep that curiosity in relationships so with yourself, with others. Yeah. It's the key to youth. It's the it's the key to growth. It's the key to everything. Yeah, staying curious. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Where Thank you. can they find you anywhere else on social media or anything? You're not. I'm barely there. One day I may get a, <laughs> one of those people that helps you with those things. Uh, I do a lot of private work. Um, I train people, so I train facilitators in this in the kind of work that I do mm-hmm. of these transformational arts, and I train coaches. Uh, I do do retreats in Bali. Those are yeah. coming back now that okay, the cool. island is open again. Yeah. And I am in the process of getting uh, the funds and everything together to start to create material that people can have and use, and plus writing the book, of course. Awesome. So there's a there's a lot that's being produced. Cool. Um, but yeah, I love I love yeah. training and teaching people how to yeah. how to use these tools for themselves and for others. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Is the book on relationships? Yeah, 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 the art, the art of misunderstanding. Oh yeah, sorry, you said it okay. Is how to your relationship with yourself, yeah. with others, and we take a look at um, yeah, just case studies cool. in people that have had really big transformations. Yeah. It all comes from just getting good with honesty, as much honesty, and really learning yeah. what is your what is your true truth and what is your kind of sneaky truth. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. That's, that's like how do you fool yourself? That's and you're the, lying to yourself. Yeah, that's the funny things about humans is we can fool ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at why would I do that? What would be the benefit of that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, awesome. Um, yeah, thank you for coming today and sharing so with us. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Really good. Okay, yeah. I know that was a lot, but any questions? Yeah, we'll give you time to process it. I, I have some processing to myself. <laughs> okay, 
And you can always good. write to me at info at amarasamata.com. And I, awesome. yeah, I look at my emails like once a week and then I do a, uh, um, yeah, I, I write back. Uh, I give voice messages. If you text me, if people have questions, I'm always happy to answer what awesome. I can. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, hon. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye.